Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast on this Monday. Hope you are all keeping well. Joined by Rory O'Neill, John Fogarty, the Irish Examiner, and Jackie Till. How are you all doing, lads? Good, Mike. Good, Mikey. Jackie, how was your weekend? Did you get up too much on Saturday evening? Um, watching that game, Mikey, um, and uh, licking my wounds after it and that. But uh, ah, listen, it was, it was. I suppose we can have no comms. The better team won. I thought. Wexford were magnificent. No one really seen that performance coming, considering previous performances of Wexford. But um, they they came to Kilkenny. They had a plan, um, but essentially they just seemed to want it a bit more than Kilkenny. They fought in droves. They made some kind of tactical moves that really worked for them. But essentially, their big players came to came to came to the came to the table. You think of Liam Ryan down the middle. You think of Dio Keith. You think of Lee Chin. I thought Damien Rick was outstanding. Um, and I just thought that those three, four players were the difference, really. And you look at Kenny, some of Kenny's big players didn't really perform, um, which is really worrying. And we're after we're at the end of a round robin, and really, probably when you look at it, we had two tough tests, and we didn't come through really with all due respect to the other three teams, and that is worrying going into it as the final. It is indeed. Uh, anyway, look, we'll come back to that in a few minutes because I obviously I want to talk more about that game. Uh, and yesterday's, <laughs> um, yesterday's whatever the hell that was in Munster. But Jackie, if you don't mind myself, myself, Rory and John are just going to talk about Gaelic football here for a minute. I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there is actually an All-Ireland Football Championship. It's a bit like the hurling, but it's less manly and heroic and they still have qualifiers. So the first draw was just on this morning. So I just want to ask the lads about that for a second. So oh, you, yeah, you can go back to licking your wounds there. Um, <laughs> for those of you who may not have heard, um, the four Division 1 teams in the Round 1 qualifiers have been drawn against each other. Mayo and Monaghan to meet for the first time ever in the Championship, strangely. Uh, and then you've also got Armagh v Tyrone, which is kind of the pick of the matches. Uh, Clare v Meath and Cork v Loud. John, obviously there's two ties that stand out there, but I suppose the first thing you think is that like two, two, like, teams, two teams with their eyes perhaps on a semi-final spot at least are going to be going out in the first round of the qualifiers. That's it, Mikey. Um, you know, like we all thought that our match, Tyrone was looking at it. it. It was going to be the pick, and it has. It certainly is the pick, and the fact that uh, I see this morning already people tweeting that you know our will not be giving up home um, home advantage. Why should they? You know, uh, yeah. completely understandable, especially against their their neighbours like that. But it is, um, it's a bit surreal in a way that uh, we're going to lose these teams too. Uh, like, you know, we're we're talking or we will be talking about uh, Tipperary and Watford and and, uh, and and Dublin leaving the championship so early in the in the, in the Hurling Championship. But now we're going to see two very big teams going out, um, you know, in the first weekend in June, which is huge. And, it, you know, it, it could, there could be an argument made to say that it will you the champion in the sense that, you know, Armagh could be gone after two games, Tyrone after three, um, that's the way it's going. Mayo after two, Monaghan after after three. Those um, th- those are scary statistics. Like we do, I genuine genuinely believe we have a better football championship structure coming to us next year. It's not perfect in any shape or form, but I do believe it's um, a case of slowly, slowly catch a monkey, and we're moving towards something better. But at this moment in time, to you know, there's an argument to be made that the, the the qualifiers, certainly the round one of the qualifiers, are going to be better than round two of the qualifiers, where um, we're going to bring in the provincial pro- finalists. And let's be honest, you know, um, Limerick, um, this monster final is their all Ireland final for them. Um, but I would have concerns that uh, round two could be a bit of a damn squib compared to this round one. Yeah, I suppose Rory, after the Chelsea Cup kind of made us all kind of shrug our shoulders a bit. This is the yin to the yang. Like, <laughs> there, there weren't very, the Chelsea Cup was full of Division 3 and 4 teams because that's how it's been designed. So, this was always going to happen. You were going to get some matches in this qualifying round that were going to be tasty. Um, but you could make the argument that they might be a little bit too tasty. <laughs> mm. It's. I think it's good for some teams, a disaster for the football championship uh, to see two big teams potentially gone well not potentially they will be gone um would it have been 
Now, look, it's only for this year. I don't think they will, but it's still, it will still come into play next year. But it have been the worst thing to see that draw, to put the four top seeds in one poll and the four, just like a lot of organizations and sports governing bodies will design their competitions to try and make sure that the better teams get to the latter stages because that's ultimately what you want. You don't want, like what, what you're, what you're looking at now potentially down the line here is one of the quarterfinals being severely compromised and that's damaging for football given the year that we're having currently where a lot of the provincial championships have been fairly nondescript. So I think it's, it's explain great... that now, Rory. Why will one of them be severely compromised? Well, like if 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 if, if for instance, Cork managed to stumble their way into a quarter final, and you know, or or a team that's of a weaker standing managed to make it to a quarter final and ended up getting absolutely hosed. I think that's that's the fear, and I think you know, look, people will shout you down for saying, "Oh, seeding that's elitist," but I mean, look, it's it's the elite level that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. This is the elite level of GAA, so I wouldn't have seen anything particularly wrong with doing it like that. But yeah, look, it'll make for a very interesting round one of the qualifiers, as John said. You know, you'd be mm-hmm. you'd just be worried that it is going to take something from the competition. Yeah. I think it's a fair point that Rory's making, Mikey, because let's be honest with you, with the league placings determining your position in the Sam Maguire Cup or the Talking Cup next season. That is, as far as I'm concerned, seeding. So mm. if it had been brought in for this year, it, it wouldn't have been such a bad thing, I think, and would have generated excitement as the championship goes along. Instead, now we have two huge games, one which mightn't be on TV. Rory might, might correct me on that. I think we, you know, obviously not all four games are going to be on TV. Two of them will, two of them will, two, John. Two of them, one. that's something at least. Yeah, and we yeah. know the two that, let's be honest, we know the two that are going to be on TV. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Okay. And... And a bad weekend for for Waterford GAA, just to mention, they they lost to Wicklow and Wexford lost to Offaly. So in the first Chelsea Cup game, so those those two are going to meet now next weekend in the first round proper. So, so just to, just to round off our football coverage. Off, awfully rising. Awfully rising again from a low base. <laughs> um, so Jackie, let's let, let's start with Waterford um, because, uh, well, Wexford Kilkenny was the story of Saturday, but in, in some ways Waterford is... The story of uh, of the championship thus far, because it's hard to look away from the second favourites for the All Ireland being dumped out and dumped out in, in like I know the result in the end was irrelevant because Cork got the job done, but to lose by twelve points in a do or die match, um, for such for such a like well thought of team, it, it's astonishing and I don't know. I guess you were never in this position because the round robin throws this up. I guess there could be some kind of a mental issue where you're going into a game, a championship hurling match, knowing that a win may not be enough for you. And that, that may mess with the head. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but it's kind of an unusual quirk of the round robin, which may have had an influence. Yeah. It's, 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 it's big news. Like Walter, that's the league final war positioned, probably the best team in the country to take on this limit team. And, and rightly so, they deserved it an outstanding league final. But since then, the trend of them has gone down. They had a patchy performance against Tipperary. And since then, it's been from gone from bad to worse. Looking in from the inside, I'd have two trailer thoughts. One, did they peak too soon in the year? Was the league final as good as it got for that team and they struggled? And you look through the team and the main players in that league, the Stephen Bennett's of it. Like he had an outstanding league. He hasn't, he hasn't hit a ball really since then. He's a really, really good player. We've seen in previous championships how good this guy, he's an all-star. Why is that? Well, you would ask the question, why did he go from that to being so poor? He was probably one of the foreign players in the country. So maybe the peak too, too, too early in the year. Uh, the second thing is, there's just something in the psychology of this team when it comes to the round robin that they're just not able to manage it. I don't know if it's the week on, week off. They just, you look at the record since the round robin and they've been under different managers, but for some reason, they just can't seem to get their head around it. I don't know if they're not able to manage the load, if they're not able to kind of park a performance and move on from it, but they've just continuously struggled because Liam Cal is a really good manager. We know that. He's done. He's he's brought this team to an All Ireland. He's brought them to numerous months for uh, titles. They've 
they've quality within the team, but for some reason they have just fallen flat when they've come to the championship. It's one win in twelve round robin matches now. I make it. They're winning over defeats. Yeah, ten defeats. Like that's like it's so hard to put your finger on. But that that's just that's so alarming for Watford Hornet. Particularly if, if you said they had a bad management or there was indiscipline within the, 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 the squad or they just weren't pulling together. But looking in from the outside, they're all rolling together. But for some reason, something happened. You look at Jamie Barron getting taken off the weekend, throwing the hurl in the helmet. That's not good. You look at maybe Ozzy maybe getting sent off and he sh- shouldn't have. I don't think they're the main reasons, but there's something not right with this team. There's something not right with this group when it comes to the round robin. On any given day, they could beat anyone. But consistently, they can't back up one performance after another. And it's just been a downward trend since the league final. Yeah. Get on to the, the league in a minute, John, because if we have if we have concerns about the structures of the football championship, I think the alarm bells are going to be ringing around about the Hurling League now because I, I, I just can't see the top teams batting an eyelid at it next year but we'll come to that in a minute but on Waterford uh, you know John Milan was on Radio 1 last night and he was uh, yesterday evening and he was questioning how the team was leaked um, during the week which I wasn't aware of but obviously people in Waterford were very well aware of and you working for the paper I'm sure you were very well aware of it um, like he was wondering about that and what that says about the about the camp and like Obviously, the morale wasn't where it needed to be yesterday. There's there's no getting around that. And that is really surprising when you consider just how well thought of Liam Cal is as a manager. We've spoken about him here. He's not an arm around the shoulder type of guy. He's a very, like he's an army drill sergeant kind of a manager, but players seem to respond to him. But it, it like it's, it's just the arse fell out of it in the last two games. Something's gone wrong. Yeah, when they won the league, what was most impressive, it was like, you know, Jackie's Kilkenny winning the league. There was no celebrations or anything like that, Mikey. It just felt like it was, yes, we won a league. Let's move on now. And they had parked it. It seemed as if they had parked it that night. But um, it was an extremely heavy schedule when you consider uh, what they went through in that league. You know, the follow-on into the start of the championship beating Tipperary, which was a big game for them, obviously, Liam Cattle as well. Um, I sent. I got the sense that they were overtrained. Um, now again, you know, Liam Cal and Mikey Beavens, they make no apologies for for running lads hard. But I thought after the Limerick game, and they gave a good account of themselves in in, in the Limerick game. I, I genuinely believe that as much as it was another defeat to Kylie's Limerick. But I thought that would have been an opportunity for them to have a break of at least a week and then come back and give it two weeks hard. Uh, my understanding, talking to people before the Cork game in Walsh Park, is that that's not what happened. They continued to hit it hard. And we saw a flatness, a, geez, an incredible flatness in that defeat. And again, yesterday, you saw it again. There was just flatness. Um, and, and nothing like this high octane, this high energy um, Waterford uh, group that we, we have no, come to know and respect. Um, what if it made a huge deal, Mikey, about um, Neem Cahill? They knew that he was being courted by his own county. They, you know, the, the chairman went to his house, um, spoke to him about, uh, pleaded with him to stay, and he stayed. And now it seems as if it has all fallen apart and there's going to be a huge fallout from this. You know, there's questions last night, talking to people on the drive home from Turles. There was people uh, people mentioning, you know, has he lost the dressing room in a way? Now that's a huge thing to to say, but um, there's going to be a major follow because there's huge expectations, and we we listen. We were guilty of it ourselves. We were mentioning trilogies. I was mentioning a trilogy that the, the game in the Gaelic grounds a few weeks ago was going to be uh, part one of three. Now it looks like Limerick Clare could be uh, part one of three, but. Um, we won't put that on Claire just yet. <laughs> yeah. Don't curse the poor banner now as well, John. <laughs> uh, um, Rory, um, it was just such an odd way for the Monster Championship to, to play out. And like I, like most people, was doing my best to watch both matches for the first half. To be honest with you, by the second half, I was trying my best to watch the Premier League matches because <laughs> that was actually dramatic. Whereas, yeah. Yeah, because the Harlem was just... Tipperary, Tipperary, I think we're kind of like like, uh, not the same situation as Waterford at all. But for the two matches to be such one way affairs um, and God, we loved around Robin and you and I were texting on Saturday night saying God bless around Robin for the drama gave us in Leinster. But this year in Munster, um, 
it just fell flat, which I suppose is what can happen with a round robin. It's it, you know it's the nature of it. I, I think to go back to your original point, I think the real disappointment is Waterford knowing that they were taking on a week or I wouldn't say a weekend because I think Claire, like Claire finished top of this group. People should people need to remember that like Claire actually finished top dog in Munster like they uh, was what did they end up with seven points and a fantastic scoring average. So I think that was just like for them to, and they're well within their rights to play, you know, to leave Tony Kelly and um, and John Conlon off the team. And, but so you're kind of saying to yourself, like, it's a good opportunity for Waterford at least to do their job anyway and get their job. I think the whole thing around the team being leaked, that's a bit of a ruse for me. I mean, so what if the team was leaked? Who cares? Like, I mean, you don't have to start that team anyway. The, and as we know, they, they're well able to make changes in advance of it. And, there's way too much store put on, oh, you can't have the team. Like, I mean, gee, rugby is a sport that is analysed and detailed down to the minutiae, and they announced their teams well in advance. And this is a professional sport where they pour over every single bit of video that they can get. There's, there's a bit like that. I, I wouldn't pay too much credence to that as being I don't think sort of Milan was saying that it had, had an impact on the result yeah, I think he yeah. means it's just it a bad sign symptom- that it's coming out yeah. symptomatic of maybe you know the spirit that might have existed in there like but look Jackie mentioned their record 10 defeats one one draw and one and one win um it's it's just I, you just don't know I mean I think from Liam Cahill's perspective the really big question now is does he like does he continue with this team? I mean, he has had a good innings. It should be said. He's won a National League. They don't win many. He's won a National Trophy. He's taken them to an All-Ireland Final. Took them to a Munster Final. Contested semi-finals. Brilliant victory over Kilkenny after they were seven or eight or nine points down in the COVID Championships. They, which they don't... Uh, Jack, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Waterford don't beat Kilkenny that often in the Championship, I would suggest. So I think he has had... a like if you were to take his block of work as a whole, I think he's been a huge success. Just, I don't know what prick has pin, pinged into the balloon here to just fizzle all the air out of it. It's yeah, who knows? I mean, it's, yeah. it's just bizarre. I think John does could make a fair point in that. Did they look a bit, you know, lackadaisical as a result of maybe being overtrained but you see like we you're only speculating on that looking from the outside in it's very very hard to understand it uh i would suggest jackie he stays on for one more year but he does a limerick on it and this is this is going to be a problem i think next spring i i i can't see cork wexford Watford or any team who took a good cut at the league this year. I don't year. think any team, any yeah. team will take the league seriously. They're, they're not going to repeat that quote unquote mistake, Jackie, are they? Doesn't look like it. You know, you look at the learnings from this year, anyone that we'd say underperformed in the league is having a stellar championship, and anyone that we say performed or maybe overperformed is after falling flat in their place outside of Wexford, really, who are, who are probably in a really good position now. So the league is the league and, and sometimes we get caught up in talking about it and we change it every couple of years. I see the league as a league. It can be whatever you want. It can be, you can put it as much as into it as you want or you can put as little into it as you want. Ultimately, it is and always has been about the championship and yeah, we will give lip service to, we'll give it the right uh, due respect and we'll put the right teams out and things like that but ultimately, the round robin is too competitive, is too intense not to treat it with the utmost respect and to hold back a smallness. Um, and that's what it is and people just need to accept it and get on with it that there's going to be a bit of shadow boxing and and that's kind of part of it like you know you're, you're going to be next year in the league going well we don't really know where they're at because we don't know how hard they're going um, and ultimately until you've come to the first round the round robin that's that's when it, when it will be uh, uh, you, you, you won you won a fair few leagues I think I looked it up on your Wikipedia page when the last days Jackie because you didn't actually know I think you between four and six I can't remember exactly but like Brian Cody used to try and win it do you think there's been a change in Brian Cody's approach since around Robin came in it was different then Mikey there was six six weeks the championship you went back and you played as a club for a couple that's of another, weeks that's, that's, another, that's another key point Jackie by the way Lads used to go off on warm summer training and all that kind. You come back, you play a first round, and then you might play for another three weeks. So you could go as hard as you wanted back in the league. So I would say, Brian, he'll never front up and say it, but I'd say you'd have to, if you were any way good of a manager and you're looking at the way the year 
is mapped out, you would have to hold back in the league. You trying to get the balance of getting your new guys in, getting your older guys some 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 match fitness and that, and then be ready, ready for the round robin. And Brian will be like that, like everyone else. Now there is other teams that probably hold back a bit more and aren't too bothered with it, and and that's fine for them. That's 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 the way they go about. Yeah, and, and Mikey, just Mikey, one other point. Sorry, sorry, John. I think like you because you mentioned there maybe if he were to stay on and I kind of hope he does as well and the good thing is because if you do discard the league <laughs> you have a whole year <laughs> you have a whole year to plan your your net your, your your championship 2023 that's a long time you can get a lot done in 12 months you'll give them at least three weeks off now before they go back training like <laughs> <laughs> the GA know that the league has to change they know or if not the format then certainly the scheduling of it because they're not uh, a division one final two weeks from out from a start of the Leinster the Muslim Championships is just not on uh, John Kiley said it at Christmas it was the one two things that alarmed him um, the, the quick turnaround from the league provincial championships and we saw the proof of the pudding Limerick didn't take the league at all serious and the other concern which is another matter for the Munster final, is the four-week difference uh, from a Munster final to an All-Ireland semi-final, which is obviously yeah. the same for, for, for the Leinster uh, guys on the Saturday night before. Yeah, same, same as it's ever been. Um, okay, well, look, I think we'll leave it at that for Munster because like, the, game, the game's so bare. <laughs> it's standing up to any analysis. Sorry, Mikey. Mikey, I will say more I think I think the biggest news in the GA world at, at the minute and hasn't been called out is the performance of Brian Lowen and Clare. It's been absolutely unbelievable to think where this team was, to think where they are now, to think that they can play Waterford in their last round robin game. Yeah, it was they hadn't a whole lot to play for. Waterford were fighting for their lives. Rest Tony Kelly along with John Connor and some key guys and put them to the the performance of this Clare team and Brian Lowen in particular has to be called out as oh, absolutely. Yeah unbelievable like the team he has now how he's got Tony Kelly back to being consistently the best hurler in the country how Peter Duggan playing well Shane O'Donnell playing Shane well after being away from the game to watch yeah oh, but like, it's a supporting cast of Rory Hayes Cotton Malone Connor Cleary Ryan Taylor that's what it, the biggest change he's got those guys to be really really good hurlers hugely competitive and massive cogs in this clear machine that could potentially really like I think they are all Ireland contenders now. Me too, yeah. I do as well. And and I tickets went on sale for the Munster hurling final this morning, and I guarantee you, west of the Shannon, they will be flying out like hotcakes. Yeah, Shane Dowling flat to the mat this morning. There's a manager, Mikey Lone, who who has certainly been liberated after COVID. He had two COVID seasons, and you can see now that he's really putting his mark on the team. And um, they they they'll, they'll absolutely give it to Limerick. But just on a final note about the Munster Championship. Um, I know Porig Mar and Noel McGrath have mentioned it recently about how poor the Tipperary supporters were. They, um, their showing yesterday in Torres was pathetic, to be honest with you, Mikey. I know Tipperary's um, chances of going through yesterday were uh, slim, um, nearly none. Um, but uh, to be outnumbered like they were by a Cork team who themselves didn't show up in great numbers to Walsh Park the previous week was hugely disappointing. Tip is a very ambitious county at the moment in terms of what they're doing off the field, sponsorship of Semple Stadium, um, a new uh, short sponsor, they have a lot of ambition there, I'm, I'm wondering if it is being replicated in the setup itself, uh, Colin Bonner um, you know uh, he was dejected yesterday I, I, I've never seen a man as dispirited after a defeat like that and obviously Tipper aren't going to make any sort of movement on anything, whether it's to give uh, Colin the thumbs up for next year or to bring in somebody else um, before this Kerry situation is all sorted. But um, Tipperary support was just abysmal. And uh, they, um, they, I think they let their team down. And they'll say that their team let them down. I think they let their team down in the last few games, big time. What was the attendance, John, and what do you think the split was? It was, oh, geez. Well, I think there was more Limerick supporters and Kilkenny supporters for the under-20 under final than there were Tipperary. But... Um, Cork, I'd say, outnumbered them three, if not four to one. In, it Jesus. was uh, hugely disappointed for them. Could well, tell, you could tell by the reaction of the crowd when the two teams, oh, came, out on, when the two teams came out onto the field. The home team came out to a whimper and the away team came out to a big, massive roar. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, if, if they're making moves off the field financially and they're not too worried about their home support, 
could be a couple of Ed Sheeran concerts in Semple Stadium next summer, I'd say. Bring back, be... bring back the chip to tip. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, J- there's John... Plenty ma- there's plenty of time for it now. Yeah, so John mentioned it there. So we look, we might as well look at that. We had, there was a bit of drama, Jackie, in, the, in Joe McDonough at the weekend. Um, on Saturday, uh, Carlo got the result they needed against Offaly and um, Antrim. Uh, uh, Kerry got the result against uh, Antrim, so they get, went through... To the final um so it is a antrim v Kerry final um the quirk here is if antrim who will be favorites do win leisha relegated from the leinster hurling championship and if Kerry win they Tipperary are not relegated they they have a playoff against Kerry. um so this is our chance to put on our leinster hats and have a good whinge jackie yeah, so there was huge drama in the final weekend of the Joe McDonough and what is a great, really great competition. Like the performance of Carlo was massive. Kerry getting the win uh, against Antrim, that was a big performance then. But yeah, look, there's definitely a double standard there how Kerry would, if they win the Joe McDonough, would have to play a tip in a, in, a, in a playoff and Antrim would just go straight into the Leicester Championship. It doesn't, just doesn't make sense. I don't know who came up with the rule, but it's just a complete double standard. I don't know why that would be the case for a competition that you're trying to promote and, and drive that if you do win it, you still have to play a playoff uh, to, um, if you're Kerry. So they just need to look at that and change it. Um, unfortunately for Kerry, if they do win, it's in play for this year. Um, and it'll probably just, if they did win beat Antrim, it would just leave a sour taste in their mouth if they were beaten by Tipperary then that's, you know, essentially they're not really rewarded outside of winning the Joe McDonough. There's no, no progression level for them. And that's what we need, we need in hurling. We need to be promoting and giving our, our, our weaker teams a, a chance to get up to the Joe, up to the Lee McCarthy um, and test themselves to get the best and try and make the next step on them. On the flip side, John, it would be another day out for the Tipperary supporters. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, a neutral venue in Kerry, so it'll probably be Limerick. But, um, Parky uh, Cueve is back in action, John, we look after you. <laughs> well, well, to quote Eamon Dunphy um, and to answer Jackie, question. I know who said that uh, in the sense of I know who brought this protectionism in and it was Cork. Cork led the way, mm. Rory. Sorry. It was. That. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they felt that uh, Munster was a superior championship. I would maintain that too, but I completely agree with where Jackie's coming from. I think it's very unfair on Kerry. <laughs> Look at it this way. Um, McDonough Cup final. They win that. Um, I do think Antrim will win it. Antrim were wrestling players at the weekend. They brought them on, obviously, at the end. But I do think um, Antrim will win that game. Um, but just say Kerry win it. Uh, the following weekend, they're out in the preliminary quarter final against Cork. Against, uh, against uh, Cork. no Cork. against Wexford. Uh, Cork play Antrim. Uh, sorry, apologies if they win. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so yeah, Kerry, Kerry could be in a situation, John, where they could play Cork. The following week and Tipperary the week after. No, that's exactly it. Three games yeah. in a row. Um, and by the time they play Tipperary, they'll be flogged. So I think it's extreme and it backs up Jackie's point. It's extremely unfair. Mm. Something has to be adjusted there. Kerry are making good moves. Malumfi, um, he got rid of a couple of players down there. Uh, there was a bit of a criticism down there. They're very, obviously mm. they're very strong club uh, structure down there in North Kerry. Um, he roughed a few feathers, but they've been very happy with him, what he, himself and Pat Bennett are doing there at the moment. Um, but incredibly unfair, and it, it has to be adjusted in some shape or form to. To, to allow Kerry not you know they have to double qualify it's not fair like that is especially if it was for Antrim to straight in if they win on uh, Saturday week in Crow Park and um, the, plus, the plus side Mikey it would give a Cork team the opportunity to go down to Clarny and get a win for the first time since, <laughs> since World War Two. <II. laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they bring it to Trilly. Yeah, they might. They might. John, you you um you do disagree with this, but you were saying before we started recording that you you do think there there may be a play the GA could make to address the imbalance between the provinces. I, I, I do in a sense because and, and it's, not, it's a we mentioned John Milan earlier on. John has made this point before. I think he made it pre-pandemic that there is an easier run in a way for a, a Leinster team to um, into the All Ireland series or certainly into the All Ireland semi-finals. You know, the, listen, I know, and we'll be talking about it shortly. I know Brian Cody certainly isn't happy about qualifying for a Leinster final, having lost twice. But there's opportunities where they can trial players and develop players. It's almost like a league for them. There's no room for comfort or any shape or form in the Munster Championship. It is far too competitive in a way. And I think it, 
Listen, they're very happy. I know the Munster Council are very happy because the, the gate receipts are, are very strong, especially when they were thinking that the Tipperary, like the Tipperary Cork game, let's be honest, the Kilkenny Limerick under 20 final was being billed bigger than the Tipperary Cork game before Cork did what they did and ensured that there was so much um, there was so, so, so much on the line uh, going into the final round. But I do think it's too strong. Um sooner or later I love the Munster Championship I love I love the latter stages of the Leinster Championship um, I can't say I'm a, a huge fan when um, I'm seeing tankings um, Westmead Wexford being the, the outlier there obviously but uh, I think we will see sooner or later an amalgamation of the two um, as, as strong and as protectionist as um, a lot of the people in Munster are about the Provincial Championship so you, you think there'll be there'll be an open draw in the All Ireland Championship? I, 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 eventually, I do. Uh, uh, maybe before the end of the, uh, this decade, but for for now, like I, I would make the argument that I genuinely and don't get me wrong, Tipperary do, do not deserve to go through in any shape or form. But um, I, 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 I really do believe that there should be an extra spot given to the Munster um, teams to go through. Um, when you think about the likes of Galway, Kilkenny. You know, Wexford Dublin, they, they, they have two games there where they can rest players. Munster don't. Uh, I wouldn't advise resting players against West Weed myself, but Jackie, what, what do you think of that? It's, it's a fair point, John makes. <clears throat> I do accept that Munster is an awful lot more competitive, but, and maybe this is a kind of a blase comment of mine, but Lencer and Munster, like, it just, that's just the dynamic of it. One is more competitive than the other. Is it fair? Possibly not. But life isn't fair. It. Life isn't fair, Jackie. <laughs> True, but like you, you, you look, you look, you look at other, you look at other sports. You look at the NFL, the AFC, and the NFC. The NFC is traditionally always the stronger division. I, I think you can, I can use, you can use it to your advantage if you do come out of that division. If you do come out in the top three of Munster, by God, you're going to be tested. You look at Kilkenny now, maybe even Wexford to a point of view. Probably Kilkenny, Kilkenny don't know where they are going into a Leinster yeah, final. Yeah. So that's an, a, a perceived, you know, it's a negative side from it. Do they, they, they had two games where they possibly, and I wouldn't say rest. They could definitely rotate their squad. They didn't rest 15 lads. They probably rest, I know, maybe four or five lads uh, like Wexford did. So I, 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 I accept this point, but I don't know what you would, like, I do see what you could do about it, but I just think it is what it is. And like, we can get caught up in that. Ultimately, are we going to get the best four teams in all Ireland semi-final? Yeah. Will the all Ireland winners be the right team? Yeah. Is there little intricacies along the way that probably are a little unbalanced? Yeah. But I don't think you need to go messing with them if you want to retain the provincial, provincial championships, which I think there still is strong enough appetite mm. to retain. I think if we're, Rory, if we're to get a, a, a surprise, say, Wexford appearance in the last four, I, I have I have a way to do it. I think Wexford should make a benevolent gift to the Joe McDonough Cup losers and then whoever they play, uh, the Munster final losers. So, uh, just blame it on a jersey clash, colour clash or something, and they should buy, let's say, Kerry and Claire a new set of alternative jerseys. Black and amber, striped. And um, <laughs> yeah. Wexford could just play against yeah. Kilkenny jerseys yeah. Yeah. every week, and I think we'd be sorted. Uh, listen, I know fair is fair. They were absolutely outstanding from the very get go. Like I was watching the match and I was saying to myself, "Oh, this is a game. This is a game here." Like, and um, they were absolutely outstanding. I think we were on this was it last week, Jackie, and you made the point in relation to Cork is that like why did we have to wait until um, round three to actually see the real Cork? I think you could nearly say the same about Wexford to a certain extent. In that, I think we saw the real Wexford last yet on Saturday night, and and it's just about replicating that each day that they go out. I think they, like Jackie mentioned it, right up through the middle. A fit leech in is a huge part. Massive, massive. But like, but they still have, like, they have a brilliant spine to the team. I thought Rory O'Connor, like, okay, he had a couple of bad whites in that first half, but kept plugging away. I mean, he was on arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the game. Um, so he, he did. He won him, a fair few frees and, and won a lot of frees, <clears> right? <throat> and he um, and and just like to, 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 for my mind to go into Nolan Park and you 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 you're basically your season's on the line, and for them to pull out the performance that they did, 
I think it speaks volumes for them. And I think they're right back in this championship mix. They'll, they'll be a tricky opponent for whoever they end up meeting in the quarterfinal, which you would assume they will be getting to because they they obviously play the defeated Joe McDonough team, which, look, however hard it is to pick yourself up after winning the Joe McDonough, it's a hell of a lot harder when you've been beaten in the final to have to go up and play Wexford the following week. So, like... No, Wexford are going to have a say yet. I mean, I picked them at the start of the championship to get to the Leinster final. Had they not slipped up against Westmead, that's where they'd be this morning. And if they were going in there against Galway, you'd give them every chance. Yeah. Um, I wonder, Jackie, do they have a... I wouldn't call it a complex, and it's not just Kilkenny, but is there is there a risk Wexford are one of these teams who play to the level of their opponent? Um, which is quite a common complaint, I think, with teams who are kind of not at the top level. They'll, you know, they'll match the team they're playing, which unfortunately when you're playing lesser opponents is a bad thing. It, it, it's a fair question, but I, I, I'd I, like to get the sense from them after that performance that there's a, a, a leadership group there with Lee Chin, Lee Ryan, maybe Rory O'Connor and that, that they sense that there might be an opportunity for them to do something here. Um and I do believe, like, how many teams in Wexford have come to the Kenny, pulled up to the Kenny for 50, 55 minutes and kind of fallen away? Like, if that game went on and on, there was only going to be one winner. Wexford believed that they were going to win it. They, there was authority to their play. They they reacted to the crowd. I just I just felt that this was a kind of a, a drawn-in-the-line, a, a drawn-in-the-sand performance by Wexford. It was just not today. They weren't losing to Kenny. They wanted to make third at a very minimum here. So I, I, I do think it could be the springboard that they could have a real cut off someone now. And they're dangerous opponents. Like if Leach in there now, probably, he's probably, he's speaking about peak and performance and all that. He was probably injured earlier in the year. He, he looks buoyant. He looks fresh. He looks, he looks game like, you know, and they've probably landed on their best team now, um, and they're going to be a serious proposition for anyone. Yeah, Darigan was was very exercised on the sideline. John, you could see what it meant from it, and it was just pressure because this isn't how he saw his first season going. But like, he take he can take a lot of credit the team he picked, but also three points from the bench, including uh, Hurling's equivalent of Ronaldinho from Mikey Dwyer there to basically run the right length of the field. Do a do a do a three sixty in midfield, lose to Kilkenny man and put the ball over while falling over. It was a, I was I was saying to somebody on Twitter, I actually I, I, I was I couldn't I had I was unavoidable. I had to travel while the match was on. So I was watching on the, the Wexford Dublin train. And we're coming into Rathdrum, which is a beautiful part of the world, but there's mountains on either side of you. And fair play to the Irish Rail uh Wi-Fi. It stood up, it kept going, the stream continued, it was fine, but it did go a bit blurry for that Mikey Dwyer point. So I wasn't actually sure if he did what he actually did or if it was something to do with the Wi-Fi connection, because it was just an astonishing point. We saw some great solos at the weekend. Uh, Dwyer's obviously, and then uh, Dara Fitzgibbons for the goal uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, it was huge. But, you know, Egan talked a big game during the week. We we caught an interview he did on Facebook, and um, he was very bullish about things, Mikey. A bit surprising, I thought, c- considering they were coming off that draw against Westmead. But, um, he, you know, and, and again, let's let's be honest, when TJ st- struck that ball like he did, we thought it was Bally Hale Shamrocks all over again, you know, doing, doing what they do best. But, um, you know, he has players back, you know, having the likes of Wreck, having the likes of Chin back fully fit. Um, Rory O'Connor is probably the most fouled player in the country. I think that will be statistically proven sooner or later anyway. By the likes of Barry Cleary from Wexford, obviously. Um, By his bruises. Exactly. But um, if, if, very impressive. I, I thought I didn't give them a chance. I really didn't. I thought Kilkenny coming off that game found something. Clearly they haven't. And I think it's exposed something about Kilkenny. But Wexford would have a lot of uh, muscle memory about um, beating this Kilkenny team. Uh, but to do it in Nolan Park now is, is certainly huge and gives them a right, Philip. And it's very much like Cork. Like, I know Kieran Kingston was giving out that, you know, they want the momentum, you know, to keep going. But this three-week break, I think it comes at a lovely time for Wexford. Um, Lee Chin can get himself even right. Like, clearly, he he's still not fully fit, but what he's able to produce, what he's been mm. man of the match twice, um, like the, the, the man, uh, the man has to be credited with a hell of a lot, but uh, yeah, the, you know, that was the thing that Egan said last week. If we get past this game, we're going to have a major say and we're going to be a dangerous animal. Dangerous animal is what he, uh, the expression he used, and I think they will be, Mike. I don't very much like Cork, I don't think many teams that want to play them. 
Yeah, Rory, um, our, our friends uh, down in Munster will look at that scoreline, 122-118, they might sneer a little bit, it's a little bit low, but I look at it and see Wexford held Kilkenny to 118 in Nolan Park, which is some going, and Liam Ryan and Damien Reck were a huge part of that, along with, with Paddy Foley, like kind of, they're just kind of the three totems of that defence, um, and they showed it in every which way, winning high balls against the likes of TJ Reed, but also last there was some fantastic last ditch defending as well. well so this is it. This is it. So the score, like the scoreboard, I think to a certain extent, gives a false impression. I mean, some of the saves by Scruff and and Mark Fanning and that last ditch block by Wreck. I mean, it was. Ah, listen, it was. It was a proper. Were you in at it, Jackie? Were, did you go? Did you go in? Yeah. yeah. Like, what was the atmosphere like in there? I'd say it was brilliant. Was it? Oh well, the town itself, Rory, was yeah. was. Was I will say Wexford are a great support. They're great, they they're great crack. Yeah. The best part about Damien Rex block was right, and I love this piece. He just makes an unbelievable block from TJ Reed to gets save up, a certain goal. Gets up to pick the he, ball up. No, he was on his knees oh, and, yeah. he, and he raises the ball in the square. <laughs> Little roll it, it as, if, as if he's on a beach in, in the Bahamas. <laughs> I just raise up this ball here now and I just go to the side here and we'll see what happens. Why, yeah. what that's coolness for, yeah. for Sonifa. I remember just looking at that ball going. That that takes Lee Roddy. Yeah, that takes yeah. Lee. If TJ Reid and Billy Reid lurking around there, he's just made a save. But you know what? I'm not going to even stand up. I'm just got my knees here and I I rise up. Oh, well. I'm sure I'm sure the signal in Rathdrum was fairly shaky around that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie, a word on Kilkenny because as you said, now this is uncharted territory going into a Leinster final against Galway. Henry Shefflin's Galway off the back of of two defeats. This is like this is not what Brian Cody would expect, and um, you can probably testify to what training is going to be like now for the next couple of weeks in Nolan Park. It's, it'll be fairly hot and heavy, and there, the, 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 that whistle that he supposedly swallowed would probably just be left in the car. I'd say. Yeah, I thought it was a very disappointing performance from Kenny on a number of folds. I thought, you know, we are in Nolan Park. We're we're very proud of it, but I thought Wexford outworked us. I thought they were in our face. I thought they turned us. I thought, thought they won the actual physical battle encounters. They put more pressure on us. Um, and when we, when the pressure was applied to Kilkenny, we went back to our old failings again of how many long, aimless balls did we hit down the throat of, of, of the Wexford defence. And you're looking at the defence with Matthew Hanlon, Paddy Foley and Liam Ryan, three outstanding lads in the air. Like Matthew Hanlon was excellent on TJ again. Um, and I just thought we played into them and from then they got bodies back around that they won the rucks and then they the runners coming off the shoulder and they were able to pop the ball into Chin and Rory O'Connor and I just thought like we have Parik Welsh came on in the 67th minute 67 minutes I just didn't I actually thought he was injured because he wasn't on and I was like right Brian is after dropping him and then he, I was like because the pressure was coming on the second half I said we're going to see Park we're going. then I said he must be injured he must have done something in the morning in 67 minutes, I look and he's coming down. I was like, What's that all about? It was mm-hmm. so so strange. And that is, I and I said, Will, you, about, will Hugh Lawler be fit for the Leinster final, Jackie? I don't know if he will, Rory. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and that's a concerning thing from Kilkenny is that Walter and Parrick are so pivotal was on a half hour line, and they're not really firing for us at the minute. So we're probably going into the Leinster final, never been so <coughs> uncertain of where we are, of our best team, of what midfield looks like. Like midfield half forward line is like a revolving door with lads coming in now. Like Wally was in, he was dropped, then he started and he wasn't meant to. Horrock was dropped, Alan Murphy got taken off again. We're just seeing uncertain, especially from eight to fifteen. Um, and like Owen Cody was was it was poor the weekend. In fairness, you have to give Damien Rick huge credit again. But like 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 you would have to say Galway are favourites. Like we've just as I just say, we any test that can really add us in Leinster. We had the answers. What do you make and, of Adrian Mullen at midfield, Jackie? I thought he was. I thought he was good, but I would have expected more from him. Um, I just feel like we're we're not certain of who we who we have there. And Adrian Mullen is not a natural midfielder. And I know the game is fluid in around there, but sometimes I just don't think he's physical enough. Sometimes you just need a bruiser in there, a dirty hurler that it just like you think of the role that Conor Foley did for Kilkenny for years. You know, he just did a simple thing. There was a leg in, there was an arse in, he'd win a ball, he'd throw it out and off he'd go. We're just missing someone like that at that minute. And Connor hasn't really played a whole lot, so I don't know if the story is there either, you know. So we just were lovely hurlers in around that that part of the world. We're athletic, but I just would like a, 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 what we would love for a William O'Donoghue right now. 
a guy yeah. that in there that just set the tone. Mick Fenley, like a kind of Mick a Mick Fenley, Fenley Derek Fenley Link, that yeah, type of yeah. that type of a, an abrasive midfielder. Um, and at the minute we're just chopping and changing. Like I'd say since the start of the league, there could be eight or nine lads that have had a go at midfield. You think of Connor, Connor Brown, you think Adrian Mullen, James Marr, Alan Murphy, Mikey Carey to go there, Paddy Deegan, Keane Kenny. It's just been, and no one has landed on that spot yet. And and Mikey, the, the prize for winning Leinster is massive Huge. because not only are you into the last four and you have safe passage into a Leinster final, obviously, and like you'll have a couple of weeks then to get bodies rest, rested and ready for that. But you avoid Cork in a quarter final. And trust me, I if I was uh, Galway or Kilkenny I'd be wanting to do that big time mm. Jackie is there any chance of um, now that the under 20s and those boys are big um, like they looked a lot bigger uh, yesterday in person than watching them on TV is there any chance that um, Brian could throw a curveball and bring one of them in I know they're a young don't get me wrong but this lad Drennan was unreal again wasn't he yeah. Billy was excellent again, and he's a real Cody type of player. He's a serious pawn him, um, and he's able to score and, and won't stay in the corner. He'll come out and he'll mix and he'll look for the ball. I find it very hard, uh, John. It's it's a fair question considering how poor Kilkenny have been. We need a kind of a, a lightning rod to get us going. If it was any, it would be Billy Drennan, but I just don't think, I just think mm. the gap is so big. Um, like if you look at traditionally, Brian only. Like he's only ever brought someone of that young. Yeah, he brought Walter Welsh in from nowhere, but like Wally was probably well as like he was. Here, going back to Chaffitz, are you? Chaffitz, even a Tommy had to serve a year or two. JJ yeah. did, uh, he came over, but he did a whole year. I just don't see it. I just you think of it now, you'd probably, you know, and that was yeah. under 21. Yeah, that was under 21. Yeah. So, like, I just think the gap is too big. Um, and, and and a lot of those 20s haven't been in a senior environment. They haven't been up again to Mikey Butler or training again to Tommy Welch. I just think it'd be too much for them. I found, uh, I found it fascinating. Sorry, Mikey, uh, yeah. that there was only, and uh, Jackie can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, on the Kilkenny panel yesterday, there was only two city men, Dixborough. Well, if that's how you, if you include Dixborough as city, but that I found that interesting, you know, that that spread, like, you know, Wine Gap had two players and things like that. Yeah, we've, Brian has probably gone to, we say, probably lesser known clubs than that. Um, and that, and you know, you probably look at the under 20, the borough had four or five on that, James Stevens, we had none on it as well. So, yeah, it's probably a change in, of, of a guard in the Ballahale of obviously a, a big contingent of it as well. But um, yeah, it, it just, at the minute, I suppose, Kilkenny are using probably the same pool in 17, 18. Like we haven't seen Conor Foden, we haven't seen Richie Hogan, we haven't seen much of David Blanchfield, who I found was our best. Uh, a player throughout the league so it's kind of like there's 18 19 lads there you throw them all up and and and, and one week it's john donnelly next week it's wally and that you know so i don't know i don't know how much brian has trust in us when you go from after 19 20 because we just haven't seen him so far this year a word on on galway then uh john uh kind of serene enough you know they, they had that draw with wexford which was peculiar circumstances um so they had that draw and then they've just gone about their business four wins from four um made hard work of it against Kilkenny in the end but nobody would nobody I'd say would argue they weren't the right winners and then they very very professional performance against Dublin the last day just no mess no fuss um it's kind of what we expect from Limerick but maybe it's because we're playing in the unfashionable province we're not talking about them the slagging continues. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they've done exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, as, aside from that Wexford result, which you know you could argue that you know was slightly unfair on them, but uh, no, Henry's got plenty out of them, which surprised me in many ways. How quickly Connor Whelan came back. Like yeah. I did not expect him to yeah. see him uh, until a Leinster final or a preliminary quarter final. I still felt. I thought that I thought that was almost a season-defining situation, but I think David Burke picked up an injury now, and that can be a little bit of a concern. But Ronan Glennon, who was one of the stars of the, the league for them, is coming back. He's been on the bench the last two times. Um, they've done they've done very nicely. Um, and but again, you know, I would still have a little bit of a concern for them around that middle third. I think you know at the back, Fintan Burke is, is a beautiful hurler. Um, I still think they're a little bit creaky around the middle. Um, that would be my concern for them. Um, and let's be honest, lads, um, you're talking about five or six thousand uh, being put on the crowd for not what goes on the field in Crow Park next Saturday, but on the sideline. 
like you know they talked about the David Clifford effect when he was a minor player the Cody Shefflin effect is uh, the Leinster Council are going to be rubbing their hands with this one yeah, when, when do you think you'll be at it John? Um, I think you, you talked about 30,000 35,000 mm. Jackie yeah. Yeah. Antrim will bring a crowd Kerry won't bring many no, God, the, the timing of the yeah, yeah. The, the evening the evening game mightn't suit Galway a huge deal, but I think to uh, to, to to bring the Bob O'Keefe over the, the Shannon, I know it wasn't a huge thing for, for Joe Canning, he said that recently, but uh, in this situation I think it is big. Yeah. I'd say they get the cows milked early that morning, they'd be in Croker for seven, John. <laughs> get the supermax on the way up the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way home, you have to get it both ways, you can't get back in. <laughs> Rory, uh, have you got a special steady cam planned, or you know, like we should have, you know, we should take over the RTE News Channel and just make it manager watch for the I afternoon. Thought, it was very funny, actually. I was watching the interview that uh, Anthony Nash, Paul Anthony Nash. I thought I'd say the microphone was actually shaking in his in his <laughs> hand, you know, when he asked, "Look, you're going in, you're facing uh, uh, Galway now." And obviously Henry's the manager, or the Kilkenny man over him, and his line was just classic Brian Cody. We're playing Galway, and that's it. Yeah, and <laughs> you know? now is a man who, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who who charged down penalties for fun there for yeah, for a yeah. decade. So probably slightly less terrifying than asking Brian Cody that question, yeah. but still. Uh, yeah, no, I know, but uh, I thought we were going to have another Marty Morrissey moment where someone was going to have to peel him up off the floor. But no, it was. Look, I think it's it is it is going to add to the narrative, and it's something that. Um, us in the media love to you know you love those kinds of things to cling to and to latch on to yeah and it'll probably add to a little bit of the pageantry around it there won't be any handshakes beforehand there might be one afterwards you know look I, I i don't know if it's that big a deal ultimately i think what's going to what's going to dominate the news agenda in the post is is if kilkenny are beaten again I mean, if they have three defeats and they're heading into the qualifiers, I'd say that's, is that, is that, would that be a first time ever, John? I don't know. But look, I think that that will be the big worry from a Kilkenny perspective. And it's a good opportunity for Galway now as well. I think Croke Park might suit them. I, Jackie mentioned, you know, that there's a lot of chopping and changing. The big thing for me with Kilkenny, and they've kind of said this all along, is like I just don't think there's any pace in the team at all. They just don't have that. And I think at the modern inter-county game now is dominated by speedsters by and large. You know, you do have to have it somewhere sprinkled in there. And I think they lack a small bit of that. They still have all the craft and the sticks men in the world. They'll always have that. You just need to, you know, athletically, I just think they've, they've come back a, a wee bit. Yeah, uh, Henry's success, we can't really call it success just yet. Jackie, I don't think Henry Shefflin counts the season as success unless he has a, a pot at the end of it. But how have you assessed how he's gone so far? And are you in any way surprised kind of at how he's, how he's kind of hit the ground running? Um, I suppose he's been gone about his business very quietly, very quietly. consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't say if looking in from the outside, he's looking at he's changed a lot. And I'd say if you're inside, I'd say he's changed an awful lot. You look there like Dahi Burke is still three, McInerney is six. They probably brought Joseph Cooney maybe more to midfield as a, as a role. He likes big men down the middle, so he does, and to build his team around that. So he's made some subtle changes. But Connor Whelan at 14. Connor Whelan at 14. You know, there's a real good yeah. spine there, isn't there? So I would say, he, and he's probably, he's definitely demanding more of their inside forwards getting out and working and getting involved and chasing lads back and turning people over and getting more bodies behind the ball and definitely probably more of a heads-up hurling with a focal point being that Conor Whelan in attack. So that's kind of his, his brand of hurling. That's probably shaped in a lot of way by the way Brian did it, the way he did it with Ballahale. But I'd say it's more behind the scenes. It's it's the talking to Conor Whelan's. It's it's the role of Cottle Mannion. And he, he's... he's I looked at the Galway thing when he did take it over. As he had a few big calls. Does he, does he go with the, the? I'm not going to say older, but the guys of the of the 17 team. Does he go with all them again and try nurture them and try sprinkle some new guys in, or does he try and freshen it up completely? He's gone with those guys again, um, and they've rewarded him so far. But I suppose Tom Monan has been a huge coup for them. Uh, Finton Burke. So he's he's put a few little um, nice, lovely players in around. We said more experienced guys. He seems to be getting a bit of a kick out of David Burke again. Now he, he might be injured for the Leinster final. Um, but he's done it in a really low fashion piece. And even the whole handshake thing, there hasn't been nothing from Henry from that. Like, you know, that has, although it was big news at the time, 
It's just slipped away there. And the Leinster final coming and go, and Henry won't. But if they win, lose, or draw, that'll just be the way it is. That's the way he goes about his business. When we work on the nighttime program, Mikey, you know, look, Jackie will know this. You know, you're sat there watching games with the lads, particularly during the daytime there as the games are coming in. And you're just doing your bits and bobs, getting ready analysis-wise for, for, for later that evening. And Henry was a fascinating fella to sit and watch a match with because... Like Jackie will know this better than anyone, having shared a dressing room with him probably for what for 15 years. But his reading of a game and the things that he will spot is extraordinary. Like you're sitting there watching a game of hurling, like you like, you know, in layman's terms, like pretty dopey, really, I suppose. But he'll see something and you'll go, Jesus, I didn't see that now at all. And I think that kind of vision that he has, I think probably obviously comes from his strength as a player as well, given how good he was, the greatest and all of that. But I think that sort of insight, I'd say he'd be magic in a one-on-one -on -one in terms of improving a lad on an individual basis, in terms of individual man management and in terms of getting an extra 5% out of each player in terms. And, and I'd say when you add all of that up into a collective, you know, I think it makes for a potent mix. And Galway, mm -hmm. Galway are major force to be reckoned with, with in this championship. Yeah, and as I think most of us probably thought they were after that yeah. that league match down, down in Limerick when maybe we, we cheapened that result a little bit with how Limerick went after that. But as we said here last week, I think Limerick targeted that game and it was a proper match and mm, we kind of saw was. what Galway were made of there. Um, finally, John, just, just a word. Uh, congratulations, first of all, to Kildare, Tyrone and Loud on their Christy Ring, Nicky Rackard and Laurie Maher wins. Um, you know, Chalchen Cup opponents kind of mention those competitions and say, you know, this this is what we're headed for. Are the GA happy with those those lower division competitions? Do do they serve a purpose? Um, they're never going to be headline makers. Let's be honest. You're talking about the third, fourth, and fifth tier of intercounty hurling. But but do they do they serve a purpose in terms of development of the GA? I think. Well, there's a lot of yo-yoing, um, and I know from predictions. Um, how competitive it is, Mikey? Because they've made me look like an idiot. <laughs> you, you look at the you look at the round robin, and you you look at that for the form guide. But it, it, it gives you much nothing. Like you look at you know the McDonough Kerry losing to Down first day out, and you thought Jesus Down are on their way. But in the lower leagues, you know Tyrone have had a great year hurling as well as under twenty. Whatever happens to their footballers now? Um, they've had they've had a fine year. But there's a lot of yo-yoing. Um, um, Cavan obviously had a team there a couple of years ago. They've gone down a little bit. Um, they hadn't had a team for a while before, and it, it does serve a purpose. I think it's run off a bit too quickly. I would like to see it. You know, if it was played on, I know Crow Park is a huge thing, but if it was uh, played on the undercard of of a prominent game like the Leinster final. Um, obviously the, the McDonald final is the the curtain raiser for that. But if if they were part, even in Torless, um, they were put on partners. Um, I think it would give it even more of a bidding. It was a huge thing from for Kildare. There's no denying that Kildare are moving in the in the right place. But um, the step up next year, they'll be concerned about that. They will. They will be. I just think it's run off a bit too quickly. If it was spread out another one or two weeks, like the argument, will always. I know the argument was made on the Sunday game yesterday that. You know the the championship feels a little bit too quickly at the moment. I think we will see an August finish to it um, next year. But um, in terms of the lower tiers, yeah, it's going the right way. But because there are too many way. tiers, John. Like for I, instance, I, for instance, is there much of a difference between the standard at Nicky Rackert to Laurie Maher? No. And and do do they do they actually would that would 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 that particular level be better served by amalgamating that into one tier? Give them more games. You know, like I, I'm just wondering, is, yeah, there, yeah. is there like five yeah. tiers? Is, is that overdoing it? It's a fair point, Rory, but there are a few whipping boys there. And, <laughs> yeah. and okay. that's that is the concern for them. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's I, I think the GA are going to leave well enough alone. And, and yeah. that the hurling, the hurling league definitely uh, is something on the agenda for them. But that's uh, that's for something next year, if not the year. Yeah, after. your old mucker, David Herity there, Jackie, it's doing a, a great job with Kildare. And it, it does seem to be there seems to be a bit of momentum behind Kildare hurling at the moment, which I, I guess as your uh, northerly neighbours, you're happy enough to see as long as they don't make it into, you know, the Leinster Championship anytime uh, soon. Ch Jackie, just like David Herity, Derek Ling, Henry Sheffield, there's loads of great Kilkenny managers out there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Right? Eddie was doing a bit as well. Yeah, Eddie, plenty, Eddie doing a bit. Plenty yeah. lads. Uh, 
learning their trade and have served their apprentices and all. So, Mick Fenley, yeah, you forgot? Mick Fenley. Well, yeah, so, um, yeah, sure, Mick Kavanagh is with Mick Fenley as well also. So they've, they've all dipped their toe into the management or in some capacity as well. And Owen Arkin is doing a bit with the weekly hurlers as well. So plenty of bodies knocking around Kenny, Rory. No fear yeah. of that. yeah. <laughs> all right lads look that was a that was a good chat and we managed to fit in a bit of football at the front and jack at the start and jackie didn't run away so successful podcast all around thanks to the three of you and we'll be back on thursday to preview the weekend's action good luck talk to you then by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses!